Hey, hey, this is Allie, and welcome to the Allie Worthington Show. It's where we gather, learn, share stories, and have a great time. Every week, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know, who I like, and I respect, and I want to learn something from. And after we have that discussion, we are going to have coaching time. So I'm going to be answering your questions about life, about faith, and about business. Welcome to the show today. I'm with the hilarious Angie Smith. You probably know her and love her as an author. You may even have done her amazing Bible study, Seamless. She's wise, she's witty, and she's absolutely hilarious. This is a fun one today. Angie and I talked for a while, so no coaching this week, but you're going to get lots of me and Angie and some great recommendations. Now, the most important recommendation is for standing strong. See how I transitioned you right in there? Wasn't that smooth? If you don't already have standing strong, we need to fix this situation. Here's why. We're coming out of a hard season, right? Some of us are still in a super hard season. Some of us are like, okay, I've been done with that for a while. I'm ready to get on with my life. We're looking to the rest of 2021 with this feeling inside of us that it's time to stand strong. It's time to get stronger, but it's also time to get going. And sometimes that can feel a little overwhelming. For many of us, we feel like we've lost a year. There are dreams inside of you. There's a calling inside of you. There's something that God has planted inside of you that's new and fresh and is bubbling up inside of you. Maybe you've put it on the shelf for a year. Standing strong is for you. It's going to show you how to move forward, how to align yourself with what God has for you and how to do it with strength and confidence. Even coming off of a year where strong and confident are not descriptors that we would give ourselves, right? Now, when you order, you can go to my site and you can get a ton of free gifts. You're going to get a six-week study to go with it. And I'm going to give you free access to my masterclass. My masterclass is on finding your calling and living with confidence. It's normally $250, but you get it free when you order Standing Strong. So go to Amazon or wherever you buy your books, order your copy of Standing Strong, and then get all your free gifts. Okay, and I'm so excited for today's show. Like I said, it's so fun. Here is the brilliant Angie Smith. Angie Smith, low-key, secret funniest person on the internet. Why have you been holding out on us so long? Why do we not have more dub smash movie quote Instagram posts from you? <laughs> That's the best introduction to a show I've done <laughs> for the entirety of my ministry. Thank you for that. <laughs> I think it's, I really appreciate that you recognize that gift. A lot of people don't talk about it. It's an important gift, but I feel like you don't bless us with it enough. I know. I just, I feel like if you overdo it, it becomes common. So sometimes I have a lot of other talents that I haven't, that I haven't necessarily released <laughs> to a watching world. So <laughs> I mean, here's the thing about you. You're a fascinating woman. Okay. You write amazing Bible studies. You write amazing books. You have a master's degree from Vanderbilt. We love all these things about you, but what we really want is more dub smash movie quote. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. It really, Welcome. that's, I'm in a season of trying to hone in on my ministry and that, that was the Holy <laughs> Spirit. So I'm going to circle back to that. <laughs> you know, I'm a strategist by nature, so I'm happy to help. I'm sure this will take your ministry far places. <laughs> New levels. <laughs> okay. Um, I do want to ask, we haven't talked in... Oh, yeah, I haven't talked in ages. Too long. How are you guys surviving this wonderful year we've been in? Oh, my gosh. We're surviving. I feel like I was just having a conversation with a friend earlier, and we were like, man, I just realized so many things that I was like missing in my life that I was just running past. 
being with my family, being now I'm ready to not be with my family, but true. We're, we are holding up, but I will say, listen, I'm a homebody. Okay. I don't want to be on a plane. I like a hotel, some room service. I can handle that for a hot mm-hmm. second. I don't like to leave my house. So my husband's <laughs> best friend said, Angie, let's be honest. You've been training for the pandemic for 43 years. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so, I mean, we're hanging in there, but here's my honest answer. I'm having a little bit of trouble, like integrating back yes. into somewhat normal world. Mm-hmm. I mean, all everything has, I know it's shifted and I know everyone's saying that and that's what it is, but I really am like that. It's like pulled up. I, I've always been anxious, struggled with depression my entire, I'm a fun person in real life. Let me start with that. But I have struggled with a lot of that. And I feel like sort of not being as social and feeling like I could kind of be off has made it harder to kind of be on it. it all of a sudden is like, Oh gosh, we're having, you know, in-person meetings and I'm like depleted by it or whatever it is. So I'm trying to kind of build back into that. That's a terrible answer, but I feel like the social part of me is struggling. I'm so curious if other people feel that way. No, no, I resonate with everything you're saying. So I'd like to say that I'm a high functioning introvert. I can do it when I need to, but I'm nervous about going out in the world again. I've been home since March. Like, how Mm. awkward am I going to be out in the world? (laughs) Have you not gone out in the world? We don't do it. No, because my husband's so vulnerable. We haven't done (sighs) anything since March. I did one speaking event. And because I was already there, I said, well, I should go to Dollywood too, because I make good decisions. I mean, you know, we we doused in hand sanitizer. But no, other than that, no, nothing. So yeah. bread? That like cinnamon? What's the no, bread they have? I am, so I am gluten free. Oh man, it's very sad. But I did eat my body weight in candy corn popcorn. Okay, I'm gonna give you a pass then. But I'm just like, I don't think I can do small talk anymore. It's isn't it weird? Although mm-hmm. I will say, we I'm in a different situation than you. So my world right now is sort of, and has been for a while. Part of my a good majority of my like life right now. You wouldn't even think the pandemic existed. Really? Like in my neighborhood, in my, yeah. Like, so it's almost this weird balance of then, of course, we're wearing masks when we're going out, but mm-hmm. there are so many people and it, it's different. But I feel like I live in two different worlds. Even over the summer, like people are hanging out at the pool. Like we're all, so there's like this one section of my life, like all the 20 million kids are in my house every day after school, like that feels really normal. And then there's this other side that's like, oh gosh, this is really going on. So I, I think I've been not sheltered from it, but like a little bit because it was so long we didn't do anything, obviously. But now I, yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's sort of like a mix of like everything's normal and everything's falling apart. You know, I think that's a lot of people's experience because I've heard that from a lot of people. And I think mm-hmm. managing that is, you know, we're going into the next few months where it seems like as of now we're recording this into February. It seems like things are going to relatively go back to normal pretty quickly. I mean, I anticipate by fall, it's, you know, roaring 20s and everybody's out having a great time. And I'm like, can I just, can I just stay home for a little bit? Isn't that funny? I feel like that's like an overall, I've just seen so many. I I, listen, I'm the meme queen. I, that is like one of my other spiritual gifts. And there are just so, so, so (laughs) many people who are saying like, yeah, I'm just going to work from home. And just keep doing these meetings. Like, wait, Mm -hmm. we might have fallen upon something that's actually fantastic. 
I'm not going into the office or I'm not going like, so I definitely think there's going to be a balance of if that happens. So like my kids go to school, they've barely been out of school, you know, oh, really? like, mm-hmm. they've had very little virtual learning. So again, there's like kind of this mixed world, but I do think there's going to be some stuff like that that we take with us where we're like, you know what? We don't, we don't always have to be in the office running around. I don't, what's, I mean, obviously you've been home, but like in your world, in all seriousness, like how often do you go out? Well, unless it's going to school, but we kept our kids home for remote okay. learning this whole year. With, unless it's school or church, there's not much going on. And, you know, here's what's funny, what you talked about with remote work. Three of my coaching clients right now are high-end real estate agents. So Nashville, California, Wyoming. And all three of them have told me that it has completely shifted the entire real estate market mm-hmm. because people have woken up and gone, oh, I can live wherever I want now. I don't need to stay Totally. Here. So so interesting. Everything is people are moving around and there's this freedom where people go, I I don't have to live near work anymore. I can do this from anywhere. And I think that's really exciting. I do too. I've never, Mm -hmm. that has actually not crossed my mind. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. Because imagine having a job where you love your job, but you hate where you have to live or the schools aren't good where you live, or you just want to be out in the country, wherever you want to be, but you can't. And now all of a sudden you're employer says, okay, this actually works and we can save a lot of money. I think it's brilliant. I do too. Mm-hmm. I know. I just need to figure out how to like operate as a normal human outside of that. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> and normally like school and church kept me semi-normal. I mean, for us though, as speakers, have you had any, are you doing events in this past year? Like I said, I've only had one. Yeah, I've had, I had one and then all the other ones have kind of been like, bumped. But when yeah. I say bumped, it's like, you know, 2023, 20, like they're all I know, right. So no, I'm like, I don't not. even know what I'll be doing in 2023. I can't commit I know. to that. Seriously, I'm like, <laughs> if I'm alive, then I will come to Texas to your, to your church. And what if you don't you. want me then you may not want you may not even like me at 2023. What if I've been involved in a scandal then, huh? <laughs> what could happen? We don't plan on it, but just saying, 2023 <laughs> is a long way away. Look at what happened in a year. Just saying. Are you sad you're not traveling? No. And this fall, one of my boys said to me, it's so great to have you home. It's fall mm. and you're here. Yeah. And so I decided that I was going to, from now on, I'll do one event a month. That's fantastic. Yeah. I that's- haven't kept to. I-, I lied when I predicted that in the future, but that's my goal. I'm I'm working toward it. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And if your kids, oh my gosh. When they say things like that to me, I'm like, again, that's like, oh gosh, I was like running past a lot of stuff during normal life. And all of a sudden. Yeah. It's a bit of a dagger. Yeah. But can I wait to get out of the house for the first time? Oh. After a year? No. I'm going to walk in the Nashville airport (laughs) and it'll be like a soul train line. I want to high five everybody, but I don't have enough sanitizer for that. But I will, I will never be as happy as I will be stepping foot in that Delta lounge. (laughs) I saw you there. That's, that's me. You were sitting across from me. Yeah. No. Okay. You got, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You guys, I'm going to tell you a story about Angie. This was, it was the first, if we were, we were flying. Yeah. We were flying to Austin. It wasn't in the Delta lounge. It was in the American airlines lounge. I, oh, I know I posted, I posted on Instagram because back, back in the day you could post on Instagram, like a picture of your feet and be like, here's where I am. And, and because that was acceptable back, back then. Those cute boots. Wouldn't fly now. And uh-huh. I'm just, it was the American Airlines um, lounge and 
I look up and there's Angie Smith who saw my Instagram post. She broke into the lounge, which if any if anybody has ever tried to break into a lounge, it is very difficult. You could bust through the TSA line before you can bust in a lounge. How did you break in to visit me? I honestly, as soon as he said America, I was like, no, you I do not. Don't even fly with them. Like there would be no. What if I was a total creeper and I was like, I paid two hundred dollars to get in. I told them, I, like, what if I was like, I just want to hang with Allie for a little bit. I didn't it do that, would, but you had really cute boots on. I remember they were like kind of, kind of like, yeah, they were they were funky cowboy boots back in the day. That was pre skinny jeans. Yes. Now apparently we're supposed to stop wearing skinny jeans. Oh, are we? Which I can't do. You didn't hear about the whole TikToker millennial? The, no. the Gen Z is telling the millennials. No side parts, no laughing emoji, no skinny jean. Well, then what are we replacing them with? I don't know. Well, they need a plan. Don't... Don't, you can't just like eliminate. Well, mi- no, no, no. Middle parts are supposed to be acceptable. Laughing emoji is not acceptable. I will do that forever. Sure. And I don't know what we're supposed to do without skinny jeans because they actually are flattering. But like how about I don't plan? Get those up. Like are we going flare? Are we going? Oh, we no, must be going jeans. flare. Listen. They cannot come at me wearing Why? mom jeans looking like we did in 1989. All my kids. All my kids. They look awful. Like, you are literally choosing to make your body look terrible. I made them watch that Saturday Night Live <laughs> mom jean thing. I mean, I'm just they're so terrible. They're like up high. They, they, they have are. The, mm-hmm. They're just, I don't know. I don't, I can't get down with that trend. So if there's like another, Mm-mm. if there's an option. There, I don't jeans. think there is. I'm, I'm not aware of one. So I don't find flare jeans flattering. I don't either. I really don't. Mm-mm. I'm sticking with it. I think we should. Let's, we're in let's... our 40s. I don't <laughs> think it matters. This is between Gen Z and the millennials. Everyone's forgot about Gen X. We're just here running the world quietly. There's not many of us. We'll stay out of that fight. Speaking of daughters, are mm-hmm. they almost college Can't. age? Cannot with that. It seems like just yesterday they were about it eight years feels old. feels that way to me too. And... They're going to college yeah. next year. My twins. I have oh four kids. Goodness. So I am losing four daughters. I am losing half of my kids in one year. And I'm not well. Like people always say like, I know it's really hard. I'm like, no, I really am not doing well with it. So we're just like, so mm-hmm. we're so close. And like, I'll cry thinking about, I'm going to walk past their bedroom in their little beds and they're not going to be in it. Like, I, I really need to talk to some more people who have gone through this because it is. It's like even thinking about it is taking such a toll on me. How old are yours? Well, my oldest is in his senior year. So he is a couple hours away. And I'll tell you, I'm not a I'm not a sentimental cry about stuff, mom. Like, you know, I had I had so many children that every time one hit a milestone, I'd be like, Oh great, I got I got four more behind you coming up, right? But when he hit his senior year, I took that picture on the first day of school and then they all left for school and I was like, Oh, this is the last one and I, and it made me yeah. cry. And I still he has been gone three and a half years. Gosh, I'll cry. I'll cry thinking about it. When he drives away oh. from my house, I cry every time. But I can't let him know I'm sad because it will upset mm-hmm. him so badly. So I hold it together and I cry after he oh. leaves. But here's the thing. Once he's gone, about an hour, I'm fine. Are you really? I'm fine. But every time he walks out my door, even if he's coming back next weekend, yeah. I will cry. Because it breaks my heart to think about him leaving. It's so upsetting. But once he's gone... It's okay. actually really encouraging because for me, it's thinking about like, I'm going to drive away from their dorm. I'd like to leave them there. I don't understand that, yeah. Allie. I don't understand that. That was, that was hard. Here's what I did. I planned phone calls the whole drive back after dropping him off. You did? Yeah. Because if it was just me in my car, 
I would go over all the great memories for the oh past 18 years. I just, yes. I had phone calls. I had work calls. I had calls That's with friends. Really smart. And I pulled it together. But there's something about ripping the Band-Aid off. And then once they're away, they're fine. He actually said to me at one point, you know, you can call me if you want to. <sighs> Are you serious? He always That's calls very me. encouraging to me. Yeah, because it's not that I, I don't think about him and I don't want to call him. Right. I know enough about a teenage boy, a young man, to know you don't want your mama calling, checking on you in college. So I text him, but I let him reach out to me so he'll want to reach out more often. Oh, you, you yeah. and I need to have a sit down in the American Airlines Lounge, and <laughs> you're just going to need to walk me through everything you did. And I'm going to call you. I'll be like, I'm not, we picked out comforters. <laughs> I will hold your hand well. through it. I was uh, I was a mess. I was an absolute mess. But then once he was gone, it was okay. That's really good to hear. But my guess is he will be 35 years old and he and his wife and children will leave my house and I will probably cry then too. Oh, you know what? Because <laughs> I miss him so bad. Is he going to come back? What's he going to do? You know, he just texted me because this is communication this week and said, he may not want me saying this, so sorry, honey. I feel like maybe I shouldn't move back home, you know, to the area, to middle Tennessee, what if I regret it when I'm older, if I don't go see the world Hmm. because he's 22. Sure. And he said, I've been dreading telling you because I knew it would upset you. And I was like, Hey, you're two and a half hours away now. That's not much different than a flight. So if you want to live wherever Mm -hmm. I can take a two and a half hour flight and come visit you and vice versa, it's fine. I never felt like I wanted to see the world, but no, you know, that's just part of it. If he moves to Oregon, Will I be sad? Yes. Ugh. Will I ever let him see me cry? Really? Mm-mm. Well, that's It'd be so too much healthier for than me. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's really I healthy. I think boys and girls are different. I'm like grabbing at them. Like, no. Like, but like I'm physically like pulling them to me and laying on the ground and crying. So <laughs> probably need to talk to someone about that. I'm going to, I'll hey, try the It's just a couple thing. hour drive down south to go oh, visit them. They are actually going two and a half hours away. So. Yeah. You can do this. We got this. We got this. Okay. We got this. I do have a kind of purposeful reason to be talking to you today. Do you want to know what it is? Sure. You haven't written a normal Mm -hmm. trade book, not a Bible study, in Mm -hmm. about three millennia, but you have one. I do. Here's the thing. Your last one was the book on fear, What Women Fear, right? It's a brilliant book. Was that the last one? Uh, No. I'm putting Uh, you on the spot. Chasing God. Oh, was, Chasing God. Right? Okay. I'm literally looking at my bookshelf. That's how together I am. I can't remember which one was last, but here's what I do know. It's been forever. What it took has so been. long? I know. Yeah. I didn't know. Some people have different things that I love writing, but it definitely, it takes a lot out of me, you know? Yeah. So it's just like kind of in a season where I thought I'm going to just going to, for me, there's like, I love writing, but I don't write well under like the pressure of it then becoming something like mm, the activity yeah. I enjoy, but the pressure of like, I don't want to let the publisher down. I don't, you know, it has stolen some of the creativity, honestly, sure. I'm still working on getting that back. But I would say I, okay. So when I became a Christian, I was in grad school and I love studying things. I have an academic brain. It's just, I like rip things apart, understand how they work and that kind of thing. And I was, these girls invited me to a Bible study. I didn't even have a Bible with me. I had no idea what it was. And I did bring one the next week and it was precious moments, which is the only one I had. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Really awesome. So they invited me to come to this and I love being with them. I love the process, but I was so frustrated. I could not understand the story of the Bible. To be like, Mm -hmm. okay, I know there's Jonah. I generally know 
this is when Christ was born, although I had all of those details wrong. And, you know, a lot of people do. But just <laughs> digging into it and trying to figure out what is the simple story? Where does it start? I don't want to be in judges and be like, I don't know who's judge, you know. So that was my heart at that point was trying to find something that did that. And so book is really an attempt to kind of like fill the gap that I wanted at that point to just make the story of scripture simple where people understand it and they feel empowered when they open it up and they're like, that's who Gideon was, or that's who whatever was. So I think that part of doing this one is that it pulled out that part of my brain, like that research. It wasn't as personal, like kind of pulling out emotional things. Cause I went through the most traumatic time of my life while this was being written. I um, wondered if you were writing that during the hard days. Yeah, okay. I was. It, I was. And it happened over a long period of time. So it was kind of, but it was part of it. And, you know, I have to be careful because of this, the way that I think about things it makes it really easy for me to struggle with my faith because I just mm-hmm. can't pin it down. I just need to see you. I need to know that this is the whole thing's real. And I believe in Jesus for this reason. But I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't have at least a moment of doubt or, and I, so I lost my father who had been sick cancer for about two years. My grandmother died three months after. And just my sister was going through breast cancer. I mean, it was just like, it's a movie you would have turned off within five minutes because it would seem so ridiculous. So, I mean, there's a lot of, my dad took full-time care of my grandma and my mom. So, and my dad was like the love of my life. Like he is forever my hero. So in that moment, you know, it's, ironic, right? I don't want to be anywhere near God. And I'm, I mean, they were very generous with my deadline. So I'm not trying to make it sound like I was, you know, they were forcing me into this, but the reality was I had to do the project. So God's like, that's so cute that you're trying (laughs) to run today. You're going to be writing about, you know, during this tender season was the time when I would say, I don't think any of it's real. I can't imagine that God would ever let this happen. So for me, even like thinking about this book being written and the timing of it and just the way that it fell into place, I say this, and I know it's, it sort of sounds like trite, but it's true that I, I feel like in the process of this, I feel like I lost my dad and I found my father again. Mm-hmm. You know, Ernest Hemingway, I think, said, there's nothing to writing. You just open the typewriter and bleed or whatever yes. it is. And I feel like that's what I felt like was me. I just wrestled I wrestled the whole way through this thing. So I think that, I mean, I think the timing was to be in a place where I was tender enough to really hear the story and believe it again. It's a hard time. I can't imagine what that was like for you. I can't imagine being in the middle of wrestling in the middle Mm -hmm. of so much pain in the middle of running and then having God continually bring you back through a project Mm -hmm. and say, This is what you're called to do in this season. You can't run from me. Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to be there. I'm going to take care of you and we're going to spend time together. Yeah. He's so smart. People who speak on a stage, write books about God. People are surprised to hear we have doubts, that we have struggles, mm-hmm. that when things go wrong, mm-hmm. we are kind of shaking our fist at God going, what in the world yeah. are you doing? But it's so refreshing to get that kind of honesty. Because it's, this is the human experience. I mean, can, yes. you can talk about you've, you've been mapping the Bible and how everything mm-hmm. fits together perfectly. And you see it time and time and time again. This is mm-hmm. how humans behave. Yep. That's right. And that's the thing is I feel like 
I just had a conversation about this because it, I think, especially now, you know, you're talking about how everyone is trying to survive and have, you know, maybe different anxieties and different loneliness. And there, it was a time during this period that I remember like being in my car and screaming. It was the day my sister was diagnosed and mascara just covering my face. And I'm pounding the steering wheel. And I'm literally, I lost my voice. I've never, it was like primal. I've never screamed like that in my life. And I remember like, how could you do this? Not her, not her over and over again. And there was this just sense. I know it was the Holy spirit saying, you know what? You're screaming about all these things. You're saying you don't believe in me and you're talking to me. So (laughs) you do. It's just that it's underneath it, you know? And so I feel like that's the doubting Thomas thing. You know, where are you? I mean, Thomas didn't, he was actually an amazing follower of God, of Jesus. He just didn't, he did like when he was traveling, he was the one who's like, I'll die. Just we'll do anything for you. And so I think for a lot of us, the doubting is not because we don't want to believe it's because we just so desperately want to. Mm. So if I can sort of reframe my brain around that, I'm such a Thomas. I'm like, if you do this, 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 you show up, I will. I will believe you. And I just love that Jesus walks in the room where Thomas is and he greets everyone. And then just a couple words, he says, then he said to Thomas, the, the gaze of heaven turns toward the doubter and he's not rebuking him. He's not making fun of him. And he basically says like, here are all the requirements you gave me. Mm-hmm. And you know, Thomas, my Lord, my God, he believes him. There's nothing that even says he, I know there are paintings, but There's nothing in scripture that says that Thomas even ever touched Jesus. So I just think sometimes we have this, like, these are my requirements for me to believe. And there was something about Jesus in that moment that was just enough. It was enough to believe without having to follow through on all these things he thought he would have to. And so I think people who are doubting, I mean, first of all, you got great examples in the Bible of people who walked with Jesus and doubted. There's that. But also... I think a lot of people beat themselves up for doubting. Mm -hmm. And the reality is for most of us, we're loyal followers of Jesus who would die for him. And when we're asking questions, it's because we, we want him to remind us that it's true. Um, I try to tell myself that I think that I think people don't talk about it because there's a lot of guilt. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I think there's guilt and there's shame and Mm -hmm. there is, you know, what will people think? Will I lead people astray if I admit? Yes that I'm struggling. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've done events in arenas where I have said, raise your hand. If at any point in your life for a moment, you have doubt, like any there's, I mean, maybe there are three people whose hands are down. Also they're liars, but yeah, they, <laughs> they need to talk to Jesus about their honesty. <laughs> so do. But I mean, every <laughs> single hand goes up and there's this thing, Allie, where they're looking around at each other. Like, yeah. So, and I do think there's a pressure for people who you know, other people are curious about their faith or they're reading their books or whatever they're doing. And yeah, it's not my personality to do that for better or for worse. I definitely talk about struggling through. Yeah. I I love how you do. I think it's so needed that, you know, and I've talked about it a lot on the show, you guys listening, you've heard me talk about it in a lot of different instances for so many reasons, especially Christian women. We are so afraid of leading anyone astray Hmm. or, doing anything that's going to be hurtful to people that sometimes we are honest. And that's why we come across as hypocritical. I think a lot of times it comes from really good intentions, but when we, when we dive into it, then we go, Oh, 
this is actually hurtful and, and it's Absolutely. not helping people. It's not protecting people. Yeah, I think that's very true. Okay. I did want to find out from you, you did Seamless, which was an uh, amazing Bible study. So this mm-hmm. book, this kind of connects to it. Mm-hmm. Are there things that you uncovered about the Bible and how it all, all the puzzle pieces come together that's brand new that was surprising to you since you wrote Seamless? There are several things in the book that are not part of Seamless that were, we kind of use that as like a springboard, but this is really, it's a really different experience, I guess. And so Mm -hmm. definitely within that time period, I feel like even embarrassed to say this, Ali, I just got, I just armpits started sweating. I, because again, you, you're looking at the people who are quote unquote leaders and Mm -hmm. you're thinking, well, they know all these basic things. Well, there's plenty I don't know. So I'm going to confess this to you. Okay. I always, I'm not kidding. This is so embarrassing. People are going to turn this off. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. I always thought that they all walked with Jesus. I thought that they were all with him. Mm. And didn't know, like, oh, no, he might have actually never met Jesus. So there are just things in the Bible or even details about Christ's birth, you know, like when did it actually probably happen? Not when we celebrate it, you know, and Mm -hmm. digging into the details of that. And even, you know, like the three wise men or who all of that. And it's like, there were way more than three. We just can't fit them in styrofoam, but there were way more, but there were three gifts. Yeah. It changes how you look at the Christmas celebration at church. Totally. After you dig into it. Yeah. And so my friend, one of my best friends, her husband is a pastor. And, you know, we always picture the wise men being Miller right away. Well, they weren't. He was like a toddler. But yeah, he, when they set up the nativity, he puts the wise men on the other side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, I mean, it's details like that where, you know, I I honestly, I think a lot of people just don't feel smart enough to study it. They feel like it's all been figured out. People are smarter than me. Here's this. And then it's super empowering when you're like, we have access to all the things, right? Mm -hmm. And we can just kind of look it up and be like, what's this and what's that? I always say just going into scripture with curiosity. I think that that is, for me, that's one of the things that starts to uncover all of these like, wait, I didn't know. And then you kind of chase that rabbit for a little bit. And it's fun. It's really fun for me. I'm a nerd. Well, I love how you did all the hard work and you, you did all the research and you put everything together and it's such a great way to understand things. I mean, this is, this is a book that is going to unlock biblical understanding for people. So people can go to their Bible and go, Oh, I understand the context. And I understand how this fits over here because the Bible is super intimidating to people. I love it. Well, I hope that it does translate. And one of my prayers is just that even someone who's not interested in or knows nothing about Christianity, my prayer is just that it would be something where they're like, Oh, this is real. You know, like it's historical. I mean, when I was reading and I'm, I'm like, wait, they're talking about the King. There was actually a King. Like I studied him in history. What, you know, sure enough, it's like this stuff is real or something. (laughs) Yeah. Just to even read it as a story and then let God do his thing. Um, you know, but yeah. I enjoyed doing it. I think it's so good. So, so good. Thank okay. You, you know, friend, I'm going to ask you fun questions. Are you ready? I am always ready for fun questions. The question is, is your audience ready for my <laughs> answers? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we get a lot of crazy answers. Okay. Number one, what's your yes. Enneagram number? Oh, gosh. Two. Come on now. Oh, I love that Two with a three. What are you? 
I'm a seven. It was seven, the kind of like adventurous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to be a seven. Well, you know, we, we, we have our issues. I'll tell you this. This is my seventh story. I did promise two of my children who are adventurous like I am that as soon as the pandemic's over, we're visiting at least four amusement parks in 2021. Are so, you serious? Yeah. So far we have Disney planned, Universal, oh. The Queen, Dollywood, and Bush Gardens. So basically, if anybody invites me to speak in an event in Orlando, I'm like, I'm here. Let's go. Absolutely. Yeah. You need to go to King's Island. At you know what? Island, That's what my son says. That could be that could be the fifth one because we I, still need a I fifth. I pray it is. I used okay. to work there. Um, did you? Cincinnati. Oh, I did. I worked the Viking ship back that? in the day when it was like, tastes great. Let's go living. Tastes great. That's all I heard. I love <laughs> Kings Island. Okay, that's <laughs> you need adorable. to go. Okay. That'll be the fifth of 2021. Like, I'm, Perfect. I'm living my best post-pandemic life. I don't <laughs> have to make small talk. I'll just ride roller coasters. It's amazing. <laughs> Okay. Okay. What about a song that you have on repeat and you love right now? Okay. Again, like, I feel like there could be some mockery um, (laughs) with this. People ask, like, I want, you're going to have to answer this too. If you're on a deserted island, you can only listen to one song for the rest of your life. Oh gosh. What would you pick? So like a classic that no matter how many times you hear it, you've never gotten sick of it. I would probably choose some, gosh, I'm going to sound so hyper-spiritual. Forgive me. I would choose some Oh, gosh. You're going to ruin mine. I'm sorry. Some version of Great is Thy Faithfulness. Sorry. What's yours? Wow. Okay. (laughs) You need to edit that part out. Just edit that out. No, no, no. Um, I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There are two. Okay. If I had to choose, it would probably be I Love Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. (laughs) Never get sick of it. And Africa. I'm going to have that in my head now. So, those are so good. So, yeah, I'm going to Summer 69 hours. Wait, did you say Africa? Yeah. Like Toto's like Africa? Well, listen, uh, I think it's Weezer. Someone did a cover uh-huh. of it. I Oh, yeah, because it's popular again. I shunned the fact that people like that one better. I'm not going to lie. I do. <laughs> I do. So Okay, those are great answers. There's Those songs are solid. Okay. There's no shame. Okay, maybe I should. Those are solid. I also would have chosen, I would have chosen Amazing Grace. <laughs> <laughs> that would be top top. <laughs> Good for you, Christian. The thing is, if I was on an island and I could only listen to one song for the rest of my life, I would be so angry yeah. that I would have to have something to bring me back. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'd just be shaking my fist every day. Okay. What about a movie or a TV show that you love? Okay. Are we going? Is this going to be another like, I'm going to say something and then you're going to have like, Nobody's ever asked me before. I'm not going to Jesus Juke. Okay. I don't I don't make good decisions with TV and okay. movies. How's that? Listen, okay. I'm in a season where I did a lot. I've never missed an episode of Dateline. I could commit the perfect crime, whatever. I'm in a <laughs> married at first sight season. <laughs> People tell me that's great. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You are a you are a trained psychologist. Yes. So you have your – can you call yourself a psychologist if you're not practicing? How does that work? I mean, I do just because, you know. You are. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you you have an advanced post thing. You have a master's. Yes. Okay. So you watch this on a whole other level than other people. That actually, Allie, I'm glad you said that because I okay. think that really is true. Literally, these experts take science and like say these two random people – and I'm telling you, it's the person who walks up and you're like – and she goes out crying like he's so unattractive. I cannot. And they're married now and have three kids. Like it blows my mind that there's this whole like, it's not always perfect, but it works like a ton. So 
I am fascinated that people can look at different things and say, hey, you might not have been attracted in real life or this isn't the person you would have looked at. Mm -hmm. But then they end up being in love. So of course you love that show. It's science and people and feelings and love. No, that makes perfect sense. Okay, I'll tell you, my show is WandaVision. So, you know, there's nothing especially holy about WandaVision. I literally don't know what you just said. Wait a minute. WandaVision, you know, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe thing. Is this because you have daughters? Do you not watch Marvel movies? Yeah, I've literally never heard that word before. Wow. So have you seen any Avengers or any of that? I saw one. Where is that the one where the guy's blue? Is that it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of purple, but we'll go with No, blue. wait. Is that Rebecca Romaine who's blue? That's I think Marvis are sweating out too. Okay, no, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother universe. Okay. You don't know what WandaVision is, and that is adorable because you have so many girls. You probably have all these shows that the girls love. It's a show on Disney Plus based off of Avengers characters. And it's you feel like it's worthy of the Avengers franchise. Like it's good. Hundred percent. It's amazing. All right. I'm willing to put it in rotation. No, no. Uh-uh. If you haven't seen the Marvel movies, you just turn it on and be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can put it in rotation, but just I might start with the movies. Don't think that I told you to. Okay. I won't. I'll okay. erase that. I'll okay, erase yeah, that erase detail. That. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I was like, Wanda? Is that a... I'm like a fish called what? There's no... I can't think of any Wanda. Oh, bless. I knew we were going to have fun. That's hilarious. Okay. What about a book that you're recommending to people? I'm actually looking at it on my bookshelf right now. It's one of my go-tos. Hopefully you've read it. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Oh, yeah. By Pete something, something, something. I don't know how to spell it. I just turned Scazzaro. Peter. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's just so good. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Peter. It's awesome. I love it so much that I don't know how to say his name. I could spell it, but don't ask me to pronounce it. No, that's a great one. Okay. What about a product or a thing that you love and you've told people they have to have it? Ooh, that. There are just so many. Okay. Here's one. It's the first one that came to mind. So we have a dog Mm -hmm. who sheds lots, golden retriever. So I was getting my hair done. These are related, I promise. I was getting my hair done and I noticed that they would sweep all the hair that was cut into this like thing that was a vacuum. So they just like sweep it in right? Not having to put it in a pan and do all that. So I thought, I don't know why I can't have one of those in my house. And so I went online. It turns out people have these. So I have this little gadget where I just sweep and get the stuff near the thing and it sucks it all in. And I think it's genius. I have, t- what? I have two golden retrievers and I need that because everything in my house has dog hair. Oh, it is ridiculous. But I don't like the process of like, you know, you can only, you're still like, there's a line of stuff on the ground. You can't quite get in. You're putting in the pan. It's all mm-hmm, disgusting. Mm-hmm, I have never mm-hmm. sounded more first world than I am right now. Like, it's <laughs> just hard. Allie. Here's the thing. When there's this much hair that it oh. gets in the cinnamon, the uh, French toast that you're making in the morning yes. and it's around everywhere. That's you. life with golden retrievers. It really is. I wouldn't give yeah. him up for the world, but his hair kills me. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my gadget. What is yours right okay. now? I love it. Can you, re- can you remember the name of it? It's Your called like the IVAC or something. Like if you Google, <laughs> Google like vacuum thing that sucks up, sucks up stuff dog on the hair. Okay. IVAC maybe? <laughs> no, it's good. Okay. But we can find it. We'll put it in show notes. Okay. Okay. That's really good. Sorry. I went off in my own world about how I can use this. Okay. I'm, I'm back to talking now because that. What's yours? What's oh, your you know, 
this this is going to go right along with that. I finally broke down and bought a Dyson vacuum instead of just having a a cheapy vacuum yes. for 44 years of yes. my life. And I love vacuuming. It gets everything up. Is that right? It makes me happy all the time. Do you ever want the ball? That's how I feel about my Dyson. Like the Yeah. Okay, because I had a bad experience yeah. with one that was like a stick, like a wireless. No, it's no. Done there's me not wrong. enough power if you're there, yeah, there's not enough power. You need you need the ball. <laughs> You need to plug that sucker into the wall. It's super heavy. It doesn't work well on shag carpet. You need to have low carpet. Yeah, we don't have shag. I'm ready for this. You're going to maybe add that in the show notes too. Yeah, it will It will change your life. Okay. A good Dyson, it is worth every penny. That's- and sometimes they're on sale on Amazon. Okay, I'm, lo- I'm so glad I asked because vacuuming mm-hmm. is one of my, it's like the bane of my existence. So I like that we both said that. Because <laughs> it because a gross carpet all of a sudden is made pristine. And I'm like, okay, this is good now. Yes. We aren't all coated in hair. Okay. And it's mm-hmm. so satisfying. You it's empty so it. Satisfying. You're like, look at all. Mm-hmm. I like that this is how you know you're in a pandemic. We both. <laughs> how are we going to go out in public again, <laughs> Angie? <laughs> hey, what kind of- Hi, my name's Allie. What kind of vacuum do you use? How are your carpets? <laughs> We're not ready for this. No. We're going to give it a shot, but it's going to oh be my awkward. Gosh, my face is bright red from laughing. We literally have been at home so long that our greatest joy is a vacuum product. Oh my gosh, that could okay. not be better. Okay. Oh. Angie, I think you're fantastic. Bye, we are going to make it back out in the world one day. Yeah. I need you to tell everyone where to pick up the new book and where to find you. And you know, vacuum tips. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I think we'll just let the link do the talking on the vacuum. They've got some very convincing <laughs> videos. Uh, Amazon. You can find the book on Amazon when you're, when you're Googling the vacuum, when you're finding it on Amazon, you'll you can find me there. I'm on Instagram, which is probably my favorite. It's official. Angie Smith is my name. Not the fake Angie Smith. The official. <laughs> so Let's get it right. Smith. So yeah, I was like Angie Smith, one, two, seven, eight, nine taken like Angie Smith, whatever. That's where I am. You're official. Ministries.com, the website. I'm all over. You can find me. I'm not that exciting. <laughs> you are all over. And and if you do more uh, movie quote dub smashes, you really, you, we will, that really encouraged me. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for being on the show, Angie. This has been great. I've loved it. Love you, friend. Hope I get to see your face out in public sometime soon. We'll manage awkwardly. I told you Angie was great. I'm giving away copies of her book. Take a screenshot of the podcast while you're listening. Tag me, tag Angie, and you'll be entered to win a book. I love giving away books every week. This is my favorite thing. Just tag us on Instagram. And if you win, I'll send you a DM and tell you where to send your info and you'll get a book in the mail. So fun. Okay, now it's time for recommendations. We are still watching kind of older movies. A, new movies aren't coming out yet. B, I love showing great movies to my sons intentionally when they get old enough to watch them. The one we watched this week was Dunkirk. It's a Christopher Nolan film. You know that I love Christopher Nolan films. Fantastic. It's a historical war drama that's based on the true story of how allied forces were trapped on the beaches of Dunkirk and the British government had to ask civilians to bring their boats across the channel. And they did. And they rescued, I think, 330,000 men terrific story, really powerful movie. It's PG-13. It's great to show teens to open up about discussions. It's not a a gory war movie. There's not even a ton of talking in the movie. It's so good that you don't even need that much. 
you if you're a Christopher Nolan fan, all the classic Christopher Nolan characters are in there. It was fun for me because I could with each Nolan movie I show my son, I go, do you remember that guy? He was that guy in this movie and that guy in another movie. We really nerd out over that. But movies like that, I think, are really good to open up discussions with kids to talk about the horror of war and talk about good and evil and, and just have life discussions. I use movies as fodder to have life discussions all the time. Really, really valuable. So not just for fun. Song this week, I have probably recommended it before, but it's just so good. I'm going to recommend it again. It's Maverick City Music. You know I love Maverick City Music. When I get to heaven, I hope all the angel choirs sound like Maverick City Music. I love it so much. The song that I can't stop listening to this week is Promises. Honestly, I've been going through a really hard time. Two of my boys are going through a hard time health-wise right now. And and sometimes the best therapy for me is turning on worship music that speaks to exactly where I am and reminds me of God's goodness and his faithfulness and his promises are true and what he says he's going to do, he's going to do. And I have a tough day and I turn on promises and listen to it over and over and over again. I can't say enough good things about it. So if you haven't heard Maverick City Music's promises, go turn it on. It's phenomenal. And thanks for spending this hour with me. I'm so glad that you're here and I'm grateful for the time we have together. You know, I believe in you. I believe in your dreams. I believe that you're making an impact on this world for good. Whether it's you feel like you're dragging yourself out of bed in the morning and taking care of the kids or going to class and going to school, what you do is important. It has kingdom ramifications. The work you do is meaningful. God cares about everything. He cares that the mail gets delivered, that curtains get hung, that families are fed, that people who are in need have people who take care of them. Your work matters. So thanks for showing up every week. Thanks for investing in yourself. Thanks for making sure that your future is brighter than your past. Because I believe wholeheartedly, especially right now, that the best is yet to come. I'm honored to be a small part of coaching you every week and equipping you in your journey. I love, love, love this time with you. I'll be back with you next Monday, and I hope you have a great day.